Welcome back once again to part two of the Thanksgiving Day preview show as this time we are bringing you the Las Vegas Raiders as they head to Big D to take on the Dallas Cowboys. You get the five and five Raiders headed to Dallas, the seven and three Dallas Cowboys in firm control of that AFC East. Meanwhile, the Raiders, it seems like everyone in that division is at five or six wins. It is going to be tight in that AFC West division also the rest of the season and in that wild card hunt now let's get into some housekeeping here make sure to head over to that little button there near the bottom hit that thumbs up that'd be greatly appreciated there's my little pose and make sure to drop comments in here subscribe to the video let's get some conversation started here as always if you're listening to us on apple or spotify make sure to rate and review each and every show it's greatly appreciated and my dms are always open at matt donnelly ff i gotcha now let's get into this Raiders game. Let's get into what they're doing. Let's talk about Derek Carr right now. Carr took another one on the chin last week, accepting blame for yet another Raiders loss. And despite being third in the entire league in passing with 3,041 yards, averaging 8.1 yards per attempt and leading the league in passes over 20 yards with 52, those numbers have not translated into wins nor fantasy production. Plenty has been taken, plenty has taken place in Vegas over the last four weeks, which is probably contributing to the three straight contests in which the Raiders have dropped and they haven't won a game going back to week number seven. Prior to the bye week, Carr had produced back to back 20 plus fantasy games. But since then, he's topped out at 19.2 and failed to produce more than 13 points in two of the last three games. One battle to watch is Derek Carr versus Trevon Diggs, as Carr has turned the ball over nine times this season and four times in the last three games. Dallas is one of three teams with more interceptions than touchdowns this year. Allowing, I mean, that's crazy to me to think that. They have picked off 19 passes and have only allowed 14 touchdowns. The other two teams, the New England Patriots and the Buffalo Bills. Now heading over to that running back position there for the Raiders, you got Josh Jacobs, you got Kenyon Drake. Something has to change if this team is to get back on track. And this run game, it's been non-existent. The Raiders had the fifth fewest yards on the ground this season, managing only 837 on the season, which works out to about 83.7 per game. Jacobs' best game on the ground this season? was a 76-yard performance against the Giants. Other than that, his best game was 53. Now, Drake has been averaging 4.2 yards per carry, which is slightly better than Jacobs' 3.7, but his best performance came the week prior against the Eagles, in which he only ran for 69 yards. And thanks to five touchdowns, Jacobs is the RB25 on the season, averaging 13.6 fantasy points. If he doesn't score those touchdowns, he's not being productive in fantasy. Huge reliance on that touchdown factor. Yes, we need tutties to get fantasy points, but you can't just rely on them. It's been tough to start Jacobs week in and week out, not knowing what we're going to get. Now, because of that kind of factor, he has produced double-digit fantasy production in seven of eight contests. Quick, answer me this. Who has more receptions this season? Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, or Hunter Renfro? Obviously, it's Hunter Renfro in his 55 catches. Now, those receptions have led to 524 yards, but he's only got four touchdowns, and that puts him as a respectable wide receiver, 26, averaging 
fantasy points per game. The battle inside the battle could be Renfro versus Diggs. Diggs and his aggressiveness, Renfro, well, he does Renfro-type stuff that I cannot explain. He does not look like an NFL player. Let's be honest. He looks like a guy who should be shagging uh, grocery carts at the local supermarket instead of running patterns and making DBs look silly. We watched it. We watched him make Jalen Ramsey look silly in the preseason. He has done this to some pretty good players. So this is a battle I'm really interested to see how this is going to play out. Now, last week, Renfro managed only 7.5 fantasy points, but his previous two games, he posted 17.9 and 17.6, respectively. Renfro has seen seven targets in seven of 10 games this season and has been Carr's most reliable target week in and week out. Yeah, I said it. Most reliable target week in and week out. I know what you're thinking. We'll get on to that in a second. One week, Brian Edwards is worth a waiver claim, and the next week, he's on the chopping block. That's how it has been all season. Now, here in his last four, you know, we've got three for 43 and a touchdown, 13 points. We got a zero in there. We've got a three for 88 and a touchdown and 17.8 fantasy points. And then zero. Good, bad, good, bad. This has to be good, right? Good news is this is coming in that good week status. He just laid a goose egg. That means, yeah, you know what? Book him for 15 fantasy points against the Dallas Cowboys. Okay. Don't go quite that far. I'm just saying that's how the trend seems to be working. I don't know if you're buying into that theory, but it's definitely a possibility, right? Look, in the last four weeks, he's got two touchdowns. Then again, he's also got two touchdowns in all 10 weeks so far this season. So it kind of washes each other. Edwards is looking for his first 100-yard game of the season and perhaps even maybe maybe his first five-catch performance. Both he has not done yet as a Raider this season. If the Raiders are looking to get back in the win column, they're going to need to run the ball effectively and get both Edwards and Deshaun Jackson involved in this one. Now, I know you heard me say Renfro was Carr's most reliable target this season. He's caught four more passes than Darren Waller has on six fewer targets. And he's been more consistent across the board, especially when Waller was struggling at the beginning of the season. And I use struggling very loosely when talking about the tight end position and what Darren Waller has been doing. It's more of uh, not living up to his own expectations type thing. Now, there's a reason why it's third and Renfro and not third and Waller. Waller is the baller. It's not. It's third and Renfro and Waller the baller. Anyways, Waller has been on again, off again all season after going for 16 points, uh, fantasy points, and then goes for six fantasy points after the bye week. Waller has produced 18.6 against the Bengals, and for the third time this season, he's put up 90 or more fantasy uh, receiving yards, finishing with 116. In eight of nine games, Waller has been targeted seven or more times, with his lowest targets being five in any game. Now, heading over to the Dallas Cowboys, there's all kinds of stuff going on there. We'll try and make, uh, decipher it here as we go along. Now, listen, I mentioned in a previous video, I'm a Raiders fan. So there's a little bit of homerism in this video itself. I cannot enjoy this game, and neither can anyone else, and that includes Dak Prescott. Prescott is going to likely be without Amari Cooper, COVID protocol, and potentially even CeeDee Lamb with a concussion for this one. And without them, the Cowboys' offense wasn't the same. We'll talk about CeeDee Lamb a little bit later. Some news has kind of come up in the last little while. Now, let's show the Chiefs some love. Yeah, that still doesn't sit right either. Now, their defense came to play last week. Chris Jones presented all kinds of problems for Dak Prescott. 
three sacks, a forced fumble, I think, was thrown in there, pass deflected. He was next level. Now, the Raiders' front four has been pretty good themselves with Yannick Nagaku and Max Crosby, able to pressure quarterbacks plenty this season, you know, sacking the quarterback 12 times, forcing two fumbles. Now, Prescott was held at 28 of 43 pass uh, attempts there for 216 yards. He fumbled, and he threw two interceptions in that loss to the Chiefs in a game that we were all expecting fireworks that just did not happen. Meanwhile, let's flip it to the other side. The Raiders held Joe Burrow to 148 passing yards and have the fifth fewest fantasy points against the quarterback position, allowing only 17.75 per contest. And the fifth fewest passing yards against, allowing only 2,320 through 10 games. Something's got to give. I love this matchup. This cat and mouse, Raiders, Dak Prescott kind of thing. Hopefully Dak has some weapons to make this a little bit more interesting. Now, Elliot, Tony Pollard should be the real big winners when it comes to the, in fantasy circles this week. The Raiders have done a fantastic job on putting the clamps down on receivers and only allowed one 100-yard wideout to date. And that was Deontay Johnson back in week two. However... They have allowed running backs run for 1,041 yards on the ground and punch it in eight times. This all adds up to the seventh most fantasy points per game allowed. And Elliott is averaging 14 points per game and sits seventh amongst running backs with 140 fantasy points. Expect an even bigger workload this week without potentially Lamb or Cooper as the Raiders continue to struggle against stopping the run. Elliott may be thankful this week if the Cowboys continue to let him eat but he hasn't recorded 100 yards on the ground since week five. That's five straight sub-70 rushing yard performances. Pollard has flashed this season, and against the Chiefs, all he needed was nine touches to put up 70 yards. Yeah, I kind of like Tony, Tony Pollard here. He's a little bit of a sleeper in this one. Now, Noah Brown, Cedric Wilson, and Michael Gallup, they lead the way in the passing game. I'd expect Pollard to get more involved earlier than not. Now, speaking of Michael Gallup, he will likely be the main man this week, which means I probably wouldn't start him against the Rangers. In three games, Gallup has been targeted 22 times, hauling in 12 passes for 120 yards. With Cooper ruled out last Sunday and Lamb getting a concussion, Gallup saw more opportunities, 10 targets, but no increase in production compared to the previous two weeks. I understand you're thinking, wide receiver one, good offense versus the Raiders. And while that was sound logic maybe a year ago, the same can't be said thus far this season. Vegas held the Bengals trio of Tyler Boyd, Jamar Chase, and T. Higgins to a combined 96 receiving yards and limiting Jamar Chase to three catches and 32 yards. Yeah, he had a touchdown, but 32 receiving yards for Jamar Chase. The Raiders' defense ranked sixth against opposing receivers, allowing 31.17 points per game and allowing the second-fewest yards to the position, 1,277. Cedric Wilson, number one in your program, and now number three in the receiving pecking order this week, behind Gallup, Dalton Schultz, and again, Full disclosure, C.D. Lamb looks like he could be trending in the right direction. Jerry Sun says, yeah, he's good to go. Dak Prescott had him working on the side there, getting him moving his head back and forth. He looks like he's going to pass the concussion protocol, but in the same sense, if I'm the Dallas, you've got a three-game, two-game lead in the AFC East. Why risk it? Anyway, that's not for me to decide. Now, under any under the circumstances that have allowed Gallup to see 10-plus targets there, Wilson also saw seven targets by Prescott, but he only produced 36 yards on four catches. In six of the last seven games, Wilson has averaged over 10 yards per reception and provides, yeah, he's had a little bit of opportunity, but he's got that big playability, but we haven't seen that production or the consistency out of his game so far. Now, Dalton Schultz, on the other hand, he is in a great spot this week. 
Minimal targets in the passing game for Dak Prescott. Minimal defense that he will be seeing against the Raiders. The Raiders are allowing the third most fantasy points per game, 16.6, against tight ends all season. I get it. They held C.J. Uzama to two catches for nine yards last week, but I believe that to be the outlier, and this is coming from me. Now, Schultz is averaging 11.1 fantasy points per game, and with Cooper definitely out, and Lamb missing a little bit of action last week, Schultz saw eight targets, recording six receptions for 53 yards. Expect him to be heavily involved in this one. And we know how the Raiders do against uh, tight ends. Yeah, you could probably book him in as a tight end one this week. That being said, we've still got more previews to go. We've still got more Viper Bites. And make sure to head over to FantasyPoints.com, enter promo code 21Vipers10, and get 10% off that subscription today. Again, head over to that Vipers Network, thumbs up to these videos, and get ready because we got plenty more coming down the pipeline. Make sure, again, get your get them fancy sweatpants ready because she's going to be a long day and a great day.